Hi guys, welcome back to Sibling Grief, The Forgotten Ones. In this episode, I really want to focus on things that I remember in the days to follow after my brother's passing. And then a lot of those things that happened that first year, it's really a year of first and they aren't easy first, that's for sure. But if you're listening to this and you've had any sort of loss, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So right away, I want to acknowledge that after losing a loved one, there is this numbness that you experience and it can last for quite a while where everything doesn't even seem real. There are moments where you feel the reality of the situation and then there's other moments where like, this actually isn't happening. This cannot be my life. And almost the numbness was... As bad as it sounds, like the numbness felt good in a way because it's kind of like you weren't believing the situation and you were almost denying the situation, which obviously it isn't good to deny it. My mom and I would talk about it a lot just feeling so numb because when that numbness wears off, it's really when the reality of the situation hits you in the face and you just have to face it and learn how to live your life in what we would always call and still call the new normal. It's no different than the pandemic that we're experiencing right now. How many times this last year have we heard people say, well, this is the new normal now. You know, we had to figure out a different way to live our lives um, this last year. And that's exactly what we had to do when my brother passed away. We had to learn how to live our lives differently in so many different ways because it just affects your everyday life. For me, there hadn't been a day of my life that I didn't see my brother because I was 14 and he was 17. You know, some of you that might be listening to this, maybe you lost your sibling at an older age where they had their own family, you had your own family. So you didn't see them every single day where for me, Every single day, you know, we wake up, we go to school, we fight over the computer, you know, we eat dinner together. And so to have that taken away from you, not only for a few days, but knowing it's taken away for the rest of your life is just such a a heartbreaking thing to go through and something that's so hard to understand at the age of 14. I know at the time I felt like I was old. I remember thinking like, oh, I'm so glad I'm old enough where I'm going to remember so much. And the older that I got and, you know, the more years that passed, you know, I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was only 14 years old. That is still such a young age to experience something so tragic. And when I would go back to school, and I know I mentioned this in the last episode, you know, we went to a really small high school um, where basically everybody knew everyone. But I just remember people would come up to me every single day afterward and give me hugs and ask me how I was doing. And I just want to be very clear. I know that they had the best of intentions and that they, they were caring for me. They were trying to support me. But I just remember thinking like, I hate when they ask me how I'm doing because, you know, they don't want to hear that I'm not okay but I don't want to tell them that I'm having a bad day or that I just want to cry or that I don't even want to be at school. And 
so that was something that I had to deal with. It was, I felt like months. It was just like all eyes were on you. You were the girl walking around the school, um, whose brother passed away. And the other thing that frustrated me about it was there were people, even though it seemed like everybody knew everyone, there were people that came up to me or made time for me that never did before that. Um, and that was frustrating for me. And of course, looking back again, I totally understand what their intentions were. But I just remember thinking, it is so screwed up that it took something tragic in my life to happen for these people to reach out and be kind and ask me how I'm doing and, and care about how I'm doing. And so I just remember thinking, well, wow, like I don't want to live my life that way. I don't want to only be nice to people if something bad happens to them. So something that I learned from this whole experience, I was like, I want to be nice to everybody. If I can make somebody's day, whether it's waving at somebody or holding the door open for someone, things like that. I was like, I want to be that person because that's what my brother would have wanted. And so even though like those were frustrating things that I had to experience, um, it kind of taught me how I wanted to live my life. And I think that's a lot of what I will talk about in some of these episodes is just what the pain has taught me as to how like I can take such an awful experience and turn some good into it. And I think that's one of the best ways you can deal with grief. You know, you're always going to have those really tough times and, and low moments, but you really need to find your purpose in life because we all have a purpose and for me, I've just always tried to help other people. And that's exactly why I'm doing this podcast right now. I also would like to point out some really great moments that meant a lot to me. My brother's class, they were great. You know, they really kind of looked over me throughout the rest of the time that they were in high school, which I really appreciated. We did have wristbands made for my brother that said, live like you were dying on them. The song that we played at his funeral and we gave them out to so many people. I still have friends that wear them, family members that wear them, classmates of his that wear them. So th that's really cool. So in a way we all get to share his story still. And my teammates in high school, they were also my friends as well. They they were just so supportive and, you know, looking after me that whole year because there was times when I wanted to cry, there was times when I didn't want to cry and it's okay to cry. Uh, I think that's one of the things that I learned a long time ago, just in life in general. And as time progressed, obviously holidays showed up. We were hit with Thanksgiving about a month and a half later. And I am blessed to be part of a very large family. I'm the youngest of 16 cousins. And Thanksgiving was definitely Chase's favorite holiday. He loved eating and it was so difficult for my parents and I to have to go to that first big Martin Thanksgiving without Chase being there. And I think, it, I mean, it was hard for our family as a whole, not just my parents and I, but obviously it was weighing heavy on our hearts and our minds. Anytime that we take a group photo of all of the Martins, it's really difficult because we just, you know, always feel like one is missing because one is missing. Going back to church was really hard. As you learned in the last episode, that's really where everything went down. 
And so every time we pull into the church, you know, we see the place that he collapsed. My dad has to see the spot and my aunt where they did CPR on him. And when we're at church, you know, we think about heaven and we think about God and we think about where we want to go. And so it is this moment of, of peace and pain all at the same time. I remember our church used to hand out a sign-up sheet for who was there for attendance. I would always do it ever since I could write. I thought it was fun to write David, Beth, Chase, and Carly. I thought that was so cool. And then I couldn't write Chase's name anymore. And I would do my very best to make sure I always took that attendance sheet before I could even get to my parents because I didn't want them to have to write one name short. I wanted to take on that responsibility so that they didn't have to deal with the pain in that moment, even though it was painful for me. Just little things like that that you don't think of. You know, when I go to the doctor and I have to fill out my health history, I always have to explain Chase's situation. Just little things that maybe your average person doesn't think about thankfully, because they haven't been in this situation before. And Christmas, Christmas is hard. Um, losing a, a child, losing a sibling, it really kind of sucks the life out of family events for quite a while. The thing that hurts me every year is we still hang Chase's stocking um, at my parents' house, which I'm so glad we do, but it's just an empty stocking every year. And so it's just, holidays are rough. They are definitely rough. His birthday, I think most people could agree that the birthday and the anniversary of when someone passed away tend to be some of the hardest days to to go through every single year. And just his favorite things, there was, you know, moments where you just are like, oh my gosh, Chase would love to be here. And you, it just hurts your heart that he's not. And then there'd be the moments where I felt guilty if I was smiling. I felt guilty if I was having fun or having a good time. And that's something that I had to learn that it's okay for me to laugh. It's okay for me to smile because that's what he would want. Chase would not want me to put my head down and hate my life and just be sad all the time. Of course, there are going to be sad moments, but in the long run, like our loved ones want us to be happy. They want us to live out our lives. And you just constantly have to be reminding yourself of that. And it's okay to find joy in life again. And you will find joy in life again. You just have to let that in. One thing that I did a lot of to kind of help me cope and vent was I wrote, not like on paper, but Facebook really became popular about a month after Chase passed away is actually when I got Facebook and you could make Facebook notes. So I would just write notes and sometimes it was just letters that I was writing to him, but it was my way of kind of like getting my thoughts and feelings out there. And I think that's really important to do. And um, I know there was some that I would just put on my computer that I wouldn't even put out there to the public. And for me, it was my way of expressing how I felt, but not forcing anybody to have to listen to what I had to say. Because the one 
overwhelming feeling that I always had was I didn't want anybody to worry about me because when you are the child that has lost a sibling, you have parents that are also grieving. So not only are you trying to understand grief for the first time in your life, but you're also trying to understand your parents and how they're grieving. And everybody just grieves so differently. And there was many times where I didn't know if I should be bringing Chase up. I didn't know if that was helping or hurting my parents. I didn't know if we should hide every picture of him so we didn't have to see him or if we wanted a picture out there. And it took a lot of time to just understand and find a good balance for all of us and what that meant. Uh, one thing that might sound a little crazy if you're listening to this and you haven't had to deal with something like this, we did not change his bedroom or basically touch or move or take anything out of his bedroom for about eight years. It's like, what do you do? It didn't feel right to go in there right away and take everything out and get rid of it. And I just remember walking by his bedroom every morning when I woke up. And it was so hard just knowing he wasn't there, knowing I was going to go to school that day by myself. And to add to this, one of the other strong feelings that I had was guilt. I know in a lot of cases they call it survivor's guilt, but I don't really consider myself a survivor. It's not like we were in an accident together. And But I did feel this guilt because I was perfectly healthy. Even when he was alive, I felt this guilt, but I think I realized it even more so after he passed uh, that I you know, got to play sports. I didn't have any restrictions on the physical activity that I did. You know, I didn't have to go to doctor's. And I didn't have to you know, be on medication every single day and, and have this extra worry about my health. And after he passed, I began to realize how unfair it seemed that I still got to be here. And he had a challenging life in a lot of ways because of his health condition. So why did I get to be the one that was perfectly healthy? And it was something that I would think about quite often, but I tried my best to focus on the fact that because I was healthy and because I could do these things that I should do them to honor him. I want to share with you something that I had wrote. It goes, I really wish you were here right now. I need you. I want you to be here at our basketball games. We are doing so well. I can just picture how excited you would be. Sometimes it really seems like things are getting easier, but then I see things that just make me sink back down. I can't imagine how things would be if you were still here. Losing you changed everything, for it has shaped me into the type of person I am. Things are so different, but things are always going to change as time goes on. Every day I look at my wristband and think of you. Every game my wristband is around my water bottle. That way, if I'm tired or feeling down, all I have to do is think of you to help give me strength. Please give us the strength to play to the best of our abilities as districts start. We want to go to state. I play for you. Here's another letter that I had wrote to Chase. Dear Chase, sometimes in life you think that things that happen to you are unfair. 
In this case, that's how I feel. But I guess the more I think about it, the more I realize that it was only fair to you. You are healthy now and no longer in pain. That's all I could ever ask for. I miss you so much, and sometimes I just can't look at the truth, so I hide myself from it and try to ignore it. But when the truth is put right in front of me, it hits me like a wall. I lose it. That's what happened on the year anniversary. I lost it. I didn't know what to do. I thought about you all day long. I think about you a lot the way it is. I sit here and wonder, how did I cope with it last year? I was only 14. I had to witness my brother passing away. I had to hear those words that I thought I would only hear on TV programs. We did all we could to bring him back. And then you hear the one word that changed my whole life, but, but he didn't make it. Just minutes before that moment, I was calling some of my closest friends and family, telling them to start a prayer chain for you. Then I heard that and I was in disbelief. I didn't know what to do or where to go. All I knew is that every inch of my body didn't want to believe it. I started to cry uncontrollably. I was scared, but what was I scared of? Looking back, I guess I don't really know what I was scared of. It was probably just the truth. All the ER shows and Grey's Anatomy shows were coming my reality. The next thing you know, I'm in the room looking at my brother lying there on a table. That's something that I wish no mother or father or sibling or anyone would ever have to see. But I saw it. I will never forget it. It's the worst feeling in the world. It's the biggest thing that has ever happened in my life. It's like your whole life's plan has been put on hold. You don't want to take another step. You don't know which direction to go. You feel hopeless, confused, sad, angry, and emotional on so many levels. Life is an amazing gift that should never be taken for granted. I am forever changed from this whole experience. I've realized so much and have grown up a lot from it. It makes you think about making a difference in the world, so why not start now? Everyone has their own special qualities that should be shared with everyone around them. You shared yours, and it has affected so many people in a positive outcome. Maybe you need to find what that special thing is within you, or maybe it's just who you are. Chase, you were who you were. You pushed yourself to go past what you could do. Makes me think that all you need to do is use who you are and what you have as much as you can and to the best of your ability. Like I said, life is a gift. And when you explore that gift and let what's inside be revealed, your qualities are visible. Everything that makes you who you are is revealed to the world. You become the control of yourself. God will guide you and try to help you when you're in need. And when your time is up here on earth, your gift is put back in its box. But before that day comes, I hope everyone chooses to use all the contents of that gift in the most beneficial way. I believe you used all of your contents. You made us laugh, smile, and cry. You showed us how prayer changes things, and giving in to your weakness is not the answer. You pushed your weakness to make it stronger. I love you so much, and think about you every day. Thank you for everything you've taught me. Love, your sister. It's really crazy for me to listen back and read and hear some of the words that I wrote when I was 15 years old and 14 years old, and just how much it shaped my thought process and how I looked at life and how I looked at the world. And the more I kind of put myself back in those years of my life, I remember I would get so mad at school if there was a girl crying about her boyfriend of two weeks. And she was just distraught after he broke up with her. And I remember thinking, 
if that's that girl's worst day of her life, like she's lucky. Like she has no idea how, how small that is in the whole scheme of things. And so when you do experience a loss like this, your perspective on priorities and on what is actually really bad versus not really bad changes completely. And then you carry that with you through the rest of your life. You know, I'm really quick to make sure I apologize and make sure I'm on good terms with people. I don't like to stay angry long. My mom and I have talked about this a lot. Like don't go to bed angry. And there's so many things that I feel like I'm forgetting from that first year. And hopefully here in the near future, when I have guests on with me, uh, we will be able to talk about some of those things together and, and share those experiences. And as always, as I wrap up this episode, just remember one more day without our loved one brings us one day closer to seeing them again. So thank you all for being here. I do have an Instagram page. It's sibling underscore grief underscore TFO. I share some photos and kind of give some previews to episodes to come on there. So if you'd like to follow that page, please do.